0: What's going on, everybody? This is Stephanie Anderson of 60 Seconds of Seminary, the podcast. If you are just tuning in for the first time, I'd like to say welcome, welcome, welcome. And for those of you that are regular listeners, welcome. If you have just now tuned in and jumped on the theological train ride that is 60 Seconds of Seminary, I just want to admonish you to check out um, our other platforms, which are Instagram and Facebook, where we do videos weekly of things happening in the times, but connecting it back to scripture through a theological lens. I'll also be doing lives once a month where we can make it a little bit more interactive. There'll be some Q&A and we'll just talk about some of these things and hopefully I can answer some of your questions. And hear some of your thoughts, um, which brings me to the fact that I'm really excited about today's segment, which is discerning the times. Listen, I know that many of us have been in a panic and allowed that spirit of fear to come into our homes, come into our lives. But the Lord has given me something that I believe will begin to ease your conscience and put you back into a position in place of power. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's dive in. What can we say? From the top of the year, we have been experiencing some of the most chaotic, confusion, confusing, and tumultuous times. From the death of Kobe Bryant and the tragic loss of his daughter and seven others who died in a helicopter crash to the very volatile and public divide of our very own United States government. Even after the impeachment of President Donald Trump, to the sex trafficking industry here in Atlanta, which has amassed billions of dollars right under our noses. And as if that was not enough, we have began to see a pandemic spark the spirit of fear in not just unbelievers, but in believers alike. What is going on? You know, in the midst of all of this, in my preparation for what I would share with you today, the the Lord laid a question on my heart, and that is, Stephanie, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? When I began to ask myself this question, at first I just thought, okay, this is the topic, this is the message, what is the scripture I'm going to pair this with? But then I actually had to reflect and answer the question. And initially I thought, you know what, I feel just as confused as the times. The weather is changing back and forth, at least here in Atlanta. And I just felt like I had been on the outskirts of what was really going on. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit had to jack me up by my collar and remind me of who I was in him and the place that I have just had just come from. And he said, you absolutely do know what time it is. You see, as believers, we don't discern the times through CNN, Fox News, TMZ, gossip columns, social media. We discern the times through a watch called prayer. And for many of us, we have been discerning the times through the wrong technology. We have not been utilizing the technology of prayer and intercession, but the technology that resides in our homes, the technology that resides in our hands and our devices. We have instead been turning away from the technology of prayer and intercession and looking to the fear driven media and narrative that goes against who God has created us to be, so the Lord had to tell me, "You absolutely do know what time it is." Point one: We discern what time it is through a watch we call prayer. And so, when we f- begin to think about what this means, when you begin to think about going back to that place of intercession, intercession back into the secret place, back into a place of worship and fellowship with God, when you come out of this place with your eyes uncovered and your uh, your spirit uh, beginning to be in alignment with the discernment of what God is doing, it begins to cast out the spirit of fear. Because if you're like me, if you're a true intercessor, you know, you understand that this is actually uh, the signs of the great awakening that we're getting ready to see. Not only is there a great awakening on the on the rise, the Bible tells us that even as the times get worse, we as believers ought not be afraid because we have been given dominion a, p- a power and authority over these things that we shall trample on the serpent. We shall trample on the head of the lion. We shall have authority and dominion over sicknesses. In fact, we should be healing, laying hands on the sick, those that have contracted the disease and raising the dead. But if we are not in in the proper place and in alignment with what God uh, has called us to do, then we will completely miss God, completely miss what he's doing and feel like we are just as confused as all of those running rampant through social media and news media outlets saying, what is going on? I want to quote something that the late Catherine Kuhlman said. Many of you know her. She is a former, uh, a late revivalist from the Um, uh, great movements of God. She would hold healing crusades uh, where thousands of people would gather. They wouldn't even many times be able to fit in the building. Wheelchairs would be lined up across the wall. And I'm going to do a special segment on her so I won't get into it too much. But when someone asked Catherine Kuhlman how she prepared for her uh, great healing crusades, she responded like this, sir, I don't get ready. I stay ready. I don't get ready. I don't prepare. I stay in a place and posture of preparedness because I fellowship with the Lord. And I believe this is a word for this generation. This is the word of the Lord for this generation. While everyone else is scrolling and binge watching Netflix and using this time to go into their houses and close and lock down and be afraid, be fear stricken, while everyone else is chasing after the news outlets and masks and hand sanitizer and clearing the shelves in the grocery store. While everyone else is doing this, we have to find our posture and return back to a place that produces power. The Bible says what in the last days lawlessness will abound and the hearts of men will grow cold and that wickedness will increase. Well, if we understand as believers that wickedness and lawlessness is set to increase, then not only should it not come up by surprise, but it should let us know uh, just by process of elimination or just by common sense association that with wickedness increasing, power must increase. Power will increase. Our power needs to increase. We cannot cast out what we are afraid of. We cannot uh, pray for what we feel intimidated by. We can't deliver what we are uh, uh, absorbing and uh, uh, allowing and accepting and receiving into our lives. But see, the enemy, he wants to use this fear. He wants to use the, uh, uh, the chaos and the confusion to drive us away from our posts, so that we completely miss God and what he's doing. You know, one of the texts that I believe really supports uh, this idea um, that I'm talking about as far as discerning the times and speaks prophetically to the times we're in today is Matthew chapter 16, verse four. And I'm just going to read it very quickly. Matthew chapter 16, verse four, one through four. And it says, now the Pharisees and the Sadducees came up and testing Jesus to get something to use against him. They asked him to show them a sign from heaven, which would support his divine. Authority, but he replied to them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and has a threatening look. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and morally unfaithful generation craves a miraculous sign, but what no sign will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Then he left them and went away. He left them and went away. What do we see? Here we see this occurrence in our text with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, uh, Jesus repeating the same saying into, in a different verse. After having already performed many signs and miracles, the Pharisees and Sadducees have asked him to prove his divinity when he just showed and just uh, demonstrated power. Can I just take a moment to warn you while we are in this text that see what vain religion does is that it always restricts power while reverence is the type of Uh, This reverence is the type of thing that will preserve power. Vain religion always restricts power and reverence will always preserve power. You see, what happens is uh, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and by saying this, I'm saying it dimensionally. Sometimes we can get into such a religious state where we are moving in religious traditions and moving in religious cultures, but what's happening is it's the form of godliness, but we're denying the power thereof love. We have to be careful to not to uh, reject what God is doing just because it doesn't look like and come in the package that we feel like it needs to come in. Because power would be manifesting right before your eyes, transformation will be happening right before your eyes, opportunities to heal the sick will be manifesting right before your eyes. But because it's not what you thought it was going to look like, because it's not when you thought it would be, because it's not what you thought it would be, we either. Uh, allow the spirit of fear, the spirit of religion, or just hesitation and anxiety to stop us from moving in the fullness of power that God has given us. True reverence. True reverence. What does that mean? True relationship, true worship of the father allows room for God to show up however he sees fit. If you are, uh, Uh, connected to someone who is in fear of the coronavirus, instead of you feeling like I can't get close to them, I can't, yeah, we want to use wisdom, but rather than being fear, operating in fear, how about we lay hands? How about we pray? How about we prophesy? How about we bring back the power and the boldness in these spaces instead of avoiding them because of what the media is telling us? You see, the enemy wants us to allow, uh, allow fear to make us miss God completely. But God is doing a new thing, and I truly believe that a great awakening is on the rise if we truly get in the posture and in the stance that we are boldly designed to walk in. You see, one of the reasons why this generation struggles to interpret the times is because we are stuck interpreting everyone else's timeline. Isn't that true? We get so stuck interpreting the timeline of of CNN. We get so stuck interpreting the the timeline of, of Instagram. We get so stuck interpreting the timeline of TikTok and Facebook that we are not interpreting the divine timeline of Heaven's Agenda. And see, I found out that when we begin to uh, uh, focus so much on the wrong things, we get distracted and miss what God is doing. And it's not that God's not going to continue to do it. It's just that we will not be a part, and we will miss out on our place and where we were supposed to be in the move of God. And I don't know about you, but I don't want God to skip over me. I don't want him to overlook me. I've tried, plowed too long. I've served too long. I've cried sleepless nights. I've wept and I'm saying, I don't know about you, but here I am. Send me. I'll go. Don't do it without me. The Bible says an evil and morally unfaithful generation craves a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the prophet Jonah. You know, I, I, I'm not going to crave the old tent meeting revivals if I see an opportunity to bring revival to a place where outbreak and pestilence and decay and poverty uh, uh, will give me an opportunity to show up and move boldly in the power of God. I'm not going to crave signs that look like A, B, and C when there's been plenty of opportunities that God has placed before me to minister to people in the grocery store, to minister to people in the schools, to minister to people, even at the church. And I'm telling you now, like Jonah, like a sign, like one that has a prophetic voice, that if you will heed to the voice of the Lord, if you will get in position, if you would return to the secret place, get in the posture of intercession and prayer, you will not only be able to discern the times, but you will leave with the power to transform the times. And see, I believe that there are those of you that are even listening right now, you have been feeling the weight and the burden of what God is getting ready to do. You've been feeling the shift take place, you've been feeling this turning, you've been feeling this tug, and you have also at simultaneously began to feel paralyzed. Like, Lord, I don't know what to do. This is your sign, this is your permission. When you see an opportunity. When the Holy Spirit begins to prompt you, when you begin to feel led by the Spirit to pray, to prophesy, to lay hands, do not hesitate. If you've been in the secret place, if you have been guarded in intercession, covered in the blood, if you believe that, then let no fear overcome what God has placed in you. The Bible says perfect love cast out fear. If you know that he loves you, if you know there's a call over your life, if you know there's a prophetic word that's been spoken, if you know your destiny, your assignment, do not allow fear to stop you from moving in the power you've been God ordained to walk in. So I'm going to ask you this question again. Do you know what time it is? If you feel like you do, great. You've been in a posture of prayer and you are not afraid. If you feel like you don't, this is your call to action. Turn down the plate for a while. Go into a greater level of consecration. Cut off the TV, the news media, and start to listen and discern through the watch we call prayer. Until next time, I love y'all and I want to pray a prayer over you before you go back to your lives, go back to your schedule. Father, I thank you for each and every person under the sound of my voice. I thank you that fear will no longer have a hold on them, but that your perfect love is casting it out. Not only is it casting it out, but it's giving them boldness to walk in the level of authority, level of power, level of truth that you are calling them to walk in. Let them be bold as they go back to their campuses. Let them be bold as they go back into their workplaces. Let them be bold as they go into their churches to have the power Power, to have the anointing, to have the, the, uh, the desire, Father, to lay hands on the sick and see them healed, to speak to the lame and see them walk, to raise the dead and cast out demons in your name. For we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I decree testimonies break forth from this, that nothing but goodness come from this situation, Father, because we are a city set on the hill. And you said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men." Let them all begin to draw to you. Let them all begin to draw to your believers, draw to the church for help. When they feel confused, when they feel uh, uh, despair and when they feel hopeless, let them begin to draw to your church because it has power in the name of Jesus. I thank y'all so much for listening. Love you, bless you, and I'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Thank you all so much for tuning in on this episode, Discerning the Times. I hope that you have discovered a newfound answer to the question, do you know what time it is? Make sure that you share this on your social media, share it with your coworkers, share it with your family and friends, because everybody can use a word from the Lord. Amen. Uh, Make sure that you also like, subscribe if you haven't already. And until next time, I will catch y'all next week. Bye-bye.